Good morning, church. I hope you're doing well, and I hope you're healthy. It's beautiful outside here today. The sun's shining, and we're about to dive into God's Word. Uh, we have started a new sermon series. Actually, this is the sixth sermon in the series. Tim started called The Q, and it's all about the questions that Jesus asked. He was asked a lot of questions, and he's one of those guys that, that answers questions with questions. This morning, we're looking in the book of Matthew, chapter 12, verses 46 through 50. And we're going we're gonna to look at one of the questions Jesus asked. Matthew chapter 12 says, While Jesus was still talking to the crowd, his mother and brothers stood outside, wanting to speak to him. Someone told him, Your mother and brothers are standing outside, wanting to speak to you. He replied to him, Who is my mother, and who are my brothers? Pointing to his disciples, he said, Here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. So the question asked Jesus, or Jesus asked is, Who is my mother and who are my brothers? Well, there's a really easy answer, and Jesus actually gave it to us here. The easy answer is, Anyone who does the will of God is my mother and brothers and sisters. Anyone who does the will of God. So, my family is anyone who does the will of God. And some of you are like, Mike, you just said the same thing three different times. You're right. I did. It seems like I repeated myself, but I really want you to think about this. My family, my God family, is anyone who does the will of my Father in heaven. Some of you are thinking about people in this church body here at Greater Alton. You need to think bigger than that. Some of you are thinking about, okay, the, the church in the metro St. Louis area. You need to think bigger than that. Okay, some of you are thinking about the church in the United States. You need to think bigger than that. And you're like, Mike, we get it. We need to think bigger than that. And I really want to nail this point home that our family, our God-given family, is anyone who does the will of the Father. Not just a greater Alton, not just in our flavor of Christianity, not just our denomination, not just our country, anyone who does the will of the Father is our family. And, and we're done. That's the end of the sermon. You good? Now you're all thinking, okay, so that was all of three minutes. You're right. We're not done. Here's the hard question that Jesus didn't ask in this passage. Am I a part of God's family? At first, it seems that I had a hard answer from Jesus, and this is an easy question. But the older I get, the more I realize that I know less. So when I was younger, I thought I knew it all. And now that I'm getting older, I don't think I know anything or very little. And that happens to everyone. And I've been mistaken in the past, and I'm learning from my mistakes. And I've been mistaken in the past even to the point of rebellion. I was living outside the will of the Father. I wasn't doing what God wanted. So I wasn't living in God's family. If I want to be a part of his family, I need 
to do the will of God. I need to live inside God's will. That's hard. It's not, that's not an easy, it's easy to say, it's not an easy task to perform because sometimes I'm an idiot and I want to do what I want to do, but it's not what God wants me to do. There's a passage in Romans about that. Look it up. You see, knowing God's will is a whole nother sermon series. We could talk for months about God's will for our lives. And if you don't know what God's will is for your life, I really suggest pulling an older, I mean wiser Christian aside, somebody who really understands scripture and understands what God wants for your life, and ask them to study out what God's will is for you. Today, I want to focus on God's family. I want to focus on valuing God's family and being a blessing to God's family. You see, when I came to Greater Alton, I came in college. I was in my early 20s, about 20 years old, and uh, I got to start coming to a Bible talk. And I got to meet some people who really loved Jesus. And it was great. It was fantastic. I fell in love with Scripture and with God in a way I never had before. I grew up in a church, but the way I lived did not reflect God's will. It lived against God. I lived against God's will. And I started coming to Greater Alton, and I saw people being made whole, not by the church, not by other people, by, the, by God. Christ was healing people. I saw people coming from broken homes and from abuse and abusive relationships. I saw people who were just shattered coming to this place and finding healing. Anything bad that happened in my life was because I was an idiot. I have made stupid decisions and paid prices for it, but I didn't have any abuse in my life. My parents are still married. Cassie's parents are still married. We come from pretty healthy families. And in college, I felt like our story was the minority, that most of the people I was around didn't have a family back home. They didn't have a DNA family, really, to rely on. And so we were a family. We, we were a G-O-D family. And we loved each other. We still do. But we really, it was tight-knit. And when somebody needed something, we were there for them. Somebody didn't have a place to live. Hey, I know a bunch of guys, there's this place called the castle. They always have room for people. Somebody didn't have a car. Hey, I can give you a ride here, here, and here. Somebody couldn't eat. Hey, I got you. We were living that Acts church. Anyone who had need, they gave freely. And it was beautiful, it was great. And I don't know how it is for you, but for me, as I've grown up and as my friends have grown up and we have families of our own now, we have healthy families for the most part. And, and God has really blessed us in that area with our DNA families. But sometimes I feel like I've grown complacent 
because of the blessings God has given me. Sometimes I feel that as I've matured, having this stability in my family causes me to rely less on my G-O-D family than it does on my DNA family. I hope that makes sense to you. And I don't know if that's how it is for you. That's just, this is me talking. And don't get me wrong. I still see my church family, my God family, my Christ family as a blessing. And I still want it to be really healthy. But I don't think I'm the only one who has trouble valuing this other family God has given me like I should. And that's what I want to talk about today. Do we value the family of God? Jesus said, anyone who does the will of my father is my family. And do we value those people? Because I'm, I, I got to tell you, the past couple of weeks have been absolutely nuts in our house. Uh, not only did Cassie have to be in the classroom this week, which that's a whole thing with COVID, our daughters started school and they're in hybrid learning. And some of you guys are, are working through that too, where they go to school two days a week and then they're home learning three days a week, but Cassie's not home. So my sister has been awesome and stepped up and said, hey, the girls can come here. She set up a classroom in their house, essentially, and the girls have a place to go. And I'm so grateful and I am so thankful for all of that. And on top of all that, Cassie and the girls were in a really bad car accident, like did $12,000 worth of damage to Cassie's car. And that was all an ordeal where we spent an evening in the hospital making sure everybody was fine. Thank God everybody was fine. But we're dealing with all of this stuff. And not only my DNA family, but my G.O.D. family was there for us. Like, we weren't even out of the hospital, and people were messaging me and calling, and were like, hey, can we do anything? Are you guys okay? And I'm like, how do you even know about this? I'm not even home from the hospital yet. You guys are awesome. We are so blessed, and I value my family so much because there's this love that we have. But how... How is my family going to know that I value them? You see, if I value my family, I'm going to want to be a blessing to my family. I hope that makes sense. Like, I don't want to be just a consumer. I don't want to be a spoiled brat. And, and I'm not calling anybody a consumer or a spoiled brat or anything. But sometimes I'm guilty of it. Sometimes I just want to take and take and take and not contribute. You heard contribute, you thought money. That's not what I'm talking about. There, time, things, just being there, words, all of this stuff. If I want to bless my family, I'm going to use those things. And I'm not going to crab about it. I'm not going to complain. So for me, and again, whenever I talk to you guys, I just talk about myself and I hope it helps you. But for me, when I think about how can I be a blessing to my family, there's four things I think of. So I'm going to be a blessing to God's family when I first commit to fellowship. And you're like, duh, Mike. I'm like, no, no, fellowship is more than just hanging out. Fellowship is more than just watching a movie. It's deeper than that. 
I joke around, you can't have fellowship without food. It's true for me, at least. Like some of the most important things in our discussions in our lives happen around the dinner table. People become family at my dinner table. We joke around, uh, actually, Chelsea's husband, Matt, became Uncle Matt to my daughters because he wanted to hang out and we said, hey, why don't you come for dinner? And that's how he became Uncle Matt. He just started coming for dinner like once a week and it was great. Other people have done that, just started coming for dinner. And we get to know people, we spend time with each other, we become family at our dinner table. If you're at our house at dinner time, even if you ain't hungry, you're at our table. While we're eating dinner, we want you to be with us. You see, in Acts chapter 4, verse 32, it says, All believers were, in, were one in heart and mind. No one claimed any of their possessions was their own, but they shared everything that they had. I don't have to give you money for you to be family. I have to give you time. I have to give you love. I have to give you what I have. Hebrews 10.25 says, Do not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. COVID has shot us in the foot. How many of you have regularly attended a small group meeting since February? Well, Mike, my small group stopped meeting together. Okay, what's the problem? Just because you're not the leader doesn't mean you can't spend time with people. Mike, we're not supposed to be together. You know, there's these things, there's one in my pocket. Oh, what's that? Oh, it's a phone. And it has this thing right here. You can flip it around. Look, there's Alan. Now you can see yourself. Well, that's a camera, but you get the idea. You can video, hi Alan, you can video chat. You don't have to be in person. You can call each other. You can text each other. I'm going to put this out there. For the past few months, we've been doing drive-in movies. Now, not everybody knows about it. I've just been messaging a few people. We've had a small group. We try to do it in the parking lot on Saturday evenings. We've watched a few movies. We've stayed socially distant, but it gave us time to be together. My small group on Friday evenings, we've been still trying to get together, trying to be steady and as often as we can. But if we can't meet together in person, we get on the Zoom. I hate Zoom. I don't like Zoom. My ADD, ADHD, whatever it is, ADHLAS, attention, deaf, hey, look, a squirrel, takes over really bad. I can't focus. Like, I just can't. So I apologize to my small group if it looks like I'm not paying attention. I am. I'm just trying to keep my brain not going down the rabbit hole. But it's a way to see each other, to be together, to have fellowship. Just because your small group leader isn't setting up a meeting does not mean you cannot fellowship with people. And when you're together, yes, the blues lost. But you know what? Jesus won. We can talk about him. I don't care how the Cubs or the Cardinals are doing. As long as I got you guys and we can be together. We can live together. 
I will be a blessing to God's family when I commit to fellowship. And I will show my value to it with that. I can also be a blessing to God's family when I commit to building up God's family. 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 11 says, Therefore, encourage each other and strengthen one another as you are doing. Romans 15 5 says, May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you the same attitude of mind towards each other that Christ had. Now, I, that Romans passage, I wasn't going to include, but it just, I couldn't not move, I couldn't move past it. It just kept hitting me in the face. The same attitude of mind towards each other that Christ Jesus had. Every time I see Jesus interact with someone, he's either trying to teach them or build them up. One of my favorite passages in all of Scripture is John chapter 4, the Samaritan woman. Of all the people on the face of the planet, he could have cut her down. She was sinful. Instead, he tried to build her up. He showed her love. The woman caught in the act of adultery. Oh my gosh. He could have like, first to throw, for the, the person who was without sin, throw the first stone. That was Jesus. He could have thrown a stone at her. That was in the law. No. He protected her. He tried to build her up. Are we strengthening in each other? You know, Tim, he talks all the time about his older brother, Mike, how he would stand up and protect him. Some of us are older brothers and sisters in the church. And there are younger brothers and sisters around us who need strengthening, who need building up. Mike, how do we do that? Well, you spend time with them, go back to the first point, fellowship. But when you're with them, encourage them. Back in the day in college, we used to do these things called friend dates. Um, it was awesome. Uh, I was always with Cassie, but I had promised one of my sisters I was going to take her on a friend date. Megan, Megan, well, harder now. She was Megan Tarantino then. And I was like, dude, I am, she was having a hard time in life at one point. And I was like, dude, I'm totally taking you out on a friend date. And, and she's like, how's that going to work? And Cassie's like, oh, I'm going too. <laughs> and Cassie and I took Megan out to dinner because we wanted to build her up. We wanted to encourage her. And we had a great time. The three of us got stuck in traffic for two and a half hours on the way to dinner. We didn't care. We just sat there and talked. It was fantastic. Maybe you have a brother or sister around you that just needs a cup of coffee and somebody to listen to, somebody to listen to them. Maybe you got a brother or sister that is confused about something and they need a gentle nudge. Gentle nudge. There are people around us who need our love, attention, and affection. And the church needs it. The, our, our DNA family needs it, but our G-O-D family needs it too. They need to hear from us. We can build each other up. So I can be a blessing to God's family when I commit to fellowship, building up family, and when I commit to unity. Unity does not mean we all agree 
100% on everything. First Corinthians chapter 12, verse 26 says, if one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. And Romans 12, 5 says, so we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members one of another. We're a family. Do you agree with every single person in your DNA family? I would wager no. I don't even agree with my wife 100% of the time, and I'm glad I don't. I love having brothers and sisters who have different viewpoints than me, because I wouldn't learn anything if I didn't. In our church, we have people who are going to vote for Biden and Harris. We have people who are going to vote for Trump and Pence. We have people who are going to vote Libertarian. We have people who are going to vote Green Party. We have people who aren't going to vote. <laughs> Does that make them any less family to you? No. We have white people. We have black people. We have Filipino. We have Travis. <laughs> Who's black We have all types of people in our church. Does that make us any less family? No. The thing that unifies us is the blood of Christ. The thing we agree on is this, the scripture. Everything else doesn't really matter. As long as we agree on what Christ said and we're doing the will of him who sent him. That makes us family. But Mike, what about other denominations who teach slightly different things? Okay. All right. There are people that preach slightly different things that I don't really agree with. But a few years ago, we went to a youth rally with some of the youth group up in Bunker Hill, and it was a, what's the word, like a conglomeration. It was a whole mess of people <laughs> of different denominations that came together to worship Jesus, okay? There were Catholics and Baptists and Church of Christ. There were... Uh, Oh, what were some of the other ones? There's non-denominational. There was Christian church. And there, there was a whole lot of different churches, okay? You get the idea. And it was really cool because Jay, the guy in charge of all of it, was like, hey, would you teach a lesson? The only thing he knew about me was my conversion story, was how much I love Jesus and how much I love teens and want them to know Jesus. And that was enough for him to say, hey, will you teach a lesson? We'd never even met in person. And you know what? It was awesome. It was fantastic. Yes, it was a little awkward because we don't use instruments in worship on Sunday mornings. That's our preference. That's not a rule. That's a preference. They worship with the whole band, the drums and the guitar and backup singers. And you know what? It was great. It's fantastic. We rocked out. 
And I want to do it again. I want to get together what we were supposed to. And then COVID happened. And it just... But they were our brothers and sisters because they were wanting to do the will of God. And they were trying to do the will of God. And I can call them brothers and sisters. And if that offends you, I don't care. I want to see the will of God done, and so do they. And on the minor points, we can work through that. So unity. I will be a blessing to God's family when I commit to unity. And the last thing, I can be a blessing to God's family when I commit to reproducing. Some of you were like, yes, finally! No, not that. Another word would be multiplying. So, in Matthew 28, most of you know this passage. Starting in verse 18, Jesus, it says, Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. The last command Jesus gave us in the book of Matthew is to go and make disciples. There's a book. It's called Discipling, the Multiplying Ministry. What do you think disciples are supposed to do? We're supposed to make disciples. We're supposed to reproduce. I will be a blessing to my family if I help my family grow. I want you to think about this. God gave Eve to Adam and said, be fruitful and multiply. God gave Cassie to me, and through our love came Blythe and Kara. The church is the bride of Christ. As a family, we're supposed to produce spiritual kids. We're supposed to reproduce. We're supposed to make more disciples. Blythe and Kara are a blessing to me and Cassie. More disciples are a blessing to the bride of Christ. John chapter 1, verses 12 through 13 says, But those who embraced him and took hold of his name were giving authority to become the children of God. He was not born by the joining of human parents or from natural means, but by man, or by a man's desire, but he was born of God. We can all become children of God. Everyone has the opportunity to become a child of God. We can advance God's kingdom. We can make his family grow. And we're supposed to. We're supposed to reproduce. We're supposed to bless God's family by trying. I don't know where you're at right now. I'm not sure if you're a child of God. I'm not sure if you're a part of his family. I hope that you are. If you're not, wherever you're at, I encourage you, talk to a Christian brother or sister who, who knows God, who loves God, and ask them to open up scripture and, and see, how can I become a child of God? How can I, this, this 
G-O-D family, this God family Mike keeps talking about, it's different than the DNA family. It's weird. But how can I have what Mike is talking about? Talk to somebody. Pull them aside. You're like, hey, I heard about God's family, and I want to be a part of it. Look in Scripture. Find out what it says. I encourage you. If you're already a, a part of God's family, and, and you've been disconnected, Everybody's been disconnected during COVID to one extent or another, but it, some of us are really disconnected. Reach out. Set up a coffee date where you're six feet apart. Go to a park, sit in your tailgate. Do something to be connected. Reconnect with people. And if you're somebody who, who's been connected, but you're, you're consuming, you're not blessing, I want to encourage you, look for ways to bless your brothers and sisters in Christ. Look for ways to contribute again. Be the church. Don't just go to church. Be the bride of Christ. Be God's family. I'm going to finish, wrap up this sermon with a story. And it's the reason I fell in love with our church. It's the reason I wanted to become a part of this family. When we were in college, Cassie was really struggling with depression, um, and, and I wanted her to have help, and, and I really had gotten away from praying. I grew up in a church, like I said, but I wasn't, like, committed. I wanted to do my own thing, and, and I really wanted her to have help, and, and, you know, like, praying was a thing, so I prayed. But, you know, I wasn't like, this is going to work. It was just like, meh, I sh something I should do. And she ran into a, a girl named Desiree. And Desiree was like, hey, you should come to Bible Talk. And, and Cassie's like, I think I'm going to go to this thing called Bible Talk. I was like, cool, have fun, I got to work. And she met people who struggled with what she was struggling with. And she met people who had been through what she had been through. And she's like, I'm going to start going to this church. I said, cool, go to this church. And she started coming. And you know what? She started finding healing. Because there was a family outside of her DNA family who loved her. And were willing to sacrifice for her. And were willing to be unified. And were willing to put themselves out there to try to win people to Christ. That's the reason I fell in love with this church. Not because everything was perfect. Not because the building was beautiful. This building, with all of its warts, is beautiful compared to the building that we started attending in. I didn't fall in love because of stuff. I didn't fall in love with this church because of stuff. I fell in love because these people loved God and loved others, no matter what. Are we that family still? Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your son. Thank you so much for your word. Thank you so much for your family. God, I am so grateful you've given me my parents and my sister and brother and my, my in-laws and our children, and our nieces, and nephew. I'm so grateful for my DNA family, Father.
but just as much I'm grateful for the family you've given me through your son. I hope that I am a blessing to this family. I hope that I'm, I'm trying, God. I hope that I'm trying, I'm trying to please you and I hope that you are. God, I hope that this family, that we are healthy for your kingdom that we can advance your kingdom and that people can come here and they can see something they don't see in the world. They can see love that they don't see in the world. A love that nobody can understand. God, it's so great. And I pray that we can value this family you've given us and that we can all be blessings to it, Father. Thank you so much for this time that you've given us. I love you. In your name I pray. Amen.